In the fall of 2020, I received a bundle of transcripts with a note asking me to speak for the dead when they themselves cannot. I do not know what these stories contain, but I am asking you not to fear. Though the dead may speak through us, they can do us no harm. These are the Graveyard Chronicles. Transcript 19 Behemoth Part 2 27th of November 2012 All three of us packed some essentials into our backpacks and we've headed further into the forest. Christopher didn't want to go at first. We had to drag him out of the tent by the arm. He's very upset about what happened yesterday. I still can't quite believe that it's true. During our investigations, we've experienced many things. Apparitions, light bulbs smashing, disembodied voices speaking. But it's never been anything as crazy as this. Christopher is my friend, so I'm not going to give him the third degree or anything. But I'm thinking that maybe, just maybe, it didn't happen quite the way he described it. I'm sure Kara must have told him the story of Behemoth and the girl disappearing in the forest. Something probably did happen, maybe an animal attacked Ben or something, and then Christopher's nervous mind made it into this fantastic story of a creature eating him. Either way, I hope we get to Ben in time. Well, if Christopher's story is true then, there is no time left. 28th of November, 2012. 11am. We're all on edge today. Even more so than yesterday. We didn't find anything. There was no sign of Ben anywhere, and Christopher can't point us in the right direction. He just keeps repeating that the forest changed, and he wouldn't be able to find his own tracks again. We planned on going back to camp, but decided against it. It got dark quickly, and we all brought our sleeping bags anyway, so it wasn't a problem for us to spend just one night here, in the open, even if it was pretty cold. So, we got up early this morning and began walking again. Christopher's jumpiness began getting on my nerves after a while, but I didn't want to say anything. Can't blame the poor guy. After all, he was the one who was with Ben when, well, whatever happened, happened. I can't imagine what that does to your nerves. 10 p.m. Something's very wrong in this place. I thought all of Christopher's talk about the forest changing was mad, but he's right. It does change. I don't know how long we'd been walking for when I stepped on something. Or rather, someone. It was the crunching sound I noticed first. I looked down and felt faint and sick at the same time. It was a body, one that had been dead for a while by the looks of it. All bones. 
but the skull looked so alive somehow, its mouth open wide as if it was still screaming in death. Christopher stood frozen when he saw it. Cora took the lead and dragged both of us away, but I could feel how much she was shaking as she held my arm. I swear we've been walking in circles. It feels like we're getting nowhere. Everything in this place looks exactly the same. The only other distinct thing we saw except the corpse was a grave. That one didn't spook me though, because we couldn't see the body. It was just a simple stone with no name on it. Just a short inscription. Death is only a horizon. When we were looking at it, Christopher suddenly screamed, and I saw that there was a woman standing next to the grave. It looked like there was no muscle on her face, just bones and skin, and she was wearing this necklace of teeth. I was terrified that she was going to attack us, but she didn't. She just stood there, quiet for a bit, and then said, if you continue on your path, you will soon leave my grounds. After that, there is nothing I can do for you. Cara and I tried to explain, even though our teeth were rattling and we were both terrified that we had to find our friend. But the woman said it was too late and that we should turn back. She could show us the way. She disappeared as quickly as she had appeared. Christopher was hysterical again, saying we should take her advice and turn back. But both Cara and I agreed that we had to find Ben. Christopher was too scared to go alone, so in the end, he consented to follow us further into the forest. 29th of November, 2012. 1pm. Another night spent here. It was freezing last night. I don't know how much more of this I can take. How much more any of us can take. Not just physically. I feel more and more disoriented every day. I know why I'm here. I know I have to find... Ben. But to tell you the truth, I only know that his name is Ben because I wrote it down here. I can't remember him at all. We must be friends. Otherwise, why would I be looking for him? I saw a pack of wolves today. They were beautiful. I didn't feel scared of them. They were maybe a hundred yards away from us, standing there, looking at us. Maybe if we die here, they'll feast on our corpses. That's the circle of life, isn't it? Not much I can do about it. But I shouldn't die. I have to find Ben. It's important. I know it must be important. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. 4pm. I feel so terribly tired. Kara barely speaks anymore. Has she forgotten how to? I hope not. Sometimes, when we're walking, I talk out loud just to hear my own voice. Just to remember that I know how to speak.
which I do. I still do. Christopher walked off the path at some point to relieve himself. I haven't seen him since. I don't know how long ago that was. I'm sure he'll be back. In some shape or form. 7pm. The trees are so dark now. Almost black. Like they've been burned. Were they always like this? I don't think they were. I'm sure I would have mentioned it in this journal if they were. I've given up on walking. It's pointless. We're not going anywhere. I keep telling myself that we need to find this Ben person. But I don't know where he is. Nobody seems to know where he is. Kara keeps mumbling about wanting to go home but I'm not really sure what she means by that. It feels very lovely among the trees. It's all so calming and quiet. What more could anyone want? 10pm. He is here. I've seen him. Kara saw him too. He's like a part of the forest like an ancient tree that has uprooted itself and grown a face like a man. He opens his mouth wider than I would ever have thought possible and his teeth are so sharp, oh, so sharp, like a wolf. He talked to me, but I couldn't understand him. I wish I could. I want to know him. I want to hear what he has to say. I'm sure that he is wise. After all, this is all his, isn't it? All of this silent beauty. What does it matter if I can't remember anything anymore? It's good to forget. To only remember the essentials. That I'm here and that here belongs to him. 11.30pm He has beckoned me to join him. It is as if I don't need to know what words he speaks anymore. The meaning behind them is just transferred to me somehow. He wants me and Kara, and we want him to become one. When we are all conjoined, we will be larger than before, and when someone else walks onto our grounds, they can join us too. And we will continue to grow, year after year. There is no need for sacrifices when there are things that walk so freely into our midst that yearn to speak our name, the name that they call us when we are as one, Behemoth. They want to know us, and we want to know them. When the next day begins to roll in, I will lay down, hand in hand with Korra, and we will melt together with each other 
with the earth and with him, with us. We will be one. But I do feel sorry for the wolves. There will be nothing left of us to feast on. The Graveyard Chronicles is a podcast written and directed by Lizzie van Trambe. Subscribe to The Graveyard Chronicles wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. Thank you for listening.